Sarah and George Joy Property Podcast. Recently interviewed about my story to financial freedom through property by Stephanie Taylor of Property Game Changers. And I thought you'd find it really interesting if I shared the full interview with you so you could get all of my story. Uh, to follow Stephanie or to see more of her interviews, uh, visit her Facebook page, Property Game Changers with Stephanie Taylor. And I'll include a link in the description below. So here we go. On with the interview. Thanks. Hello, 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 Stephanie here, and welcome to Property Game Changers. We are live on our Property Game Changers Facebook page. We are here every week celebrating the power of ethical property investing, debunking the myth that you need a lot of money to get started in property, and of course, inspiring each other to believe bigger, to be bolder, and to be game changers for good. And my guest this week is a real property powerhouse. I have with me the very inspirational George Choi. He's been a property investor for over 16 years. I first found uh, George, he and his Sarah, he and his wife Sarah have the Sarah and George Choi Property Podcast, and it's phenomenal. You definitely should check that out if you're a podcast listener. Definitely subscribe. He also has two best-selling books, Stealth Millionaire and also Retire Now. And they're both very unique in their perspectives, so definitely worth a, wee, a read. And we, we'll find out from George as we go through this interview, some of his unique perspectives on how to build wealth as a property investor and not find yourself with another job. So together with, with his wife, Sarah, his portfolio is now in the multi-millions and he became financially, he and Sarah became financially free at the age of 39 years old. So welcome to Property Game Changers, George Choi. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it is phenomenal to have you here. So if you're watching, um, and you have any questions for George, or you just want to give him a thumbs up, please, or just say hi, please do uh, comment in the comments. So let's start off, George, with you. Tell us about the moment. For many people, there's a moment where they decide to go a bit more seriously into property. Was there a moment for you? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, just just getting started, um, we, we were just looking at our pensions. You know, you get your pension report and... Um, you look at the value and how much you're going to get, you know, you're going to get like a hundred pounds a year from your pension. And you just mm-hmm. think, well, I can't, I can't live on that. And no. How much am I going to have to put in, in order to, you know, get some money out of that. Um, and, you know, and, and our, our belief was the state pension and, and still is that the state pension might be almost worthless by the time we reach retirement age. Mm-hmm. Um, and given that the state pension uh, limit, the, the age limit, for retirement keeps moving forward um you know what's to say you'll ever reach the date when you could actually mm-hmm. draw that pension and retire mm-hmm. so we thought we wanted a bit more security we wanted to make sure that we could retire at age 65 so that was a well we thought 65 at the time um so we thought okay what should we do and you know we just kind of stumbled into property we thought well property was safe as houses you know yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do that and it was it wasn't a lot more complicated than that 
Um, then we read, you know, read a number of books um, and, um, you know, found an area that we wanted to invest in. Uh, and then that was when we finally took the plunge. So we were both in full-time jobs at the time, Sarah and I. Um, and uh, do you want to know what, what we did or do you want to talk about that later? Yeah, so I'm interested, how long did it take you from you decided that you were going to go mm-hmm. into property between that point and the point where you were able to then retire at the age of 39? Right, let me think. Um, maybe 12 years. Mm. But at the time, we weren't trying to retire early. Mm. That's another key, key turning point. Mm. Uh, in my story it was at the point where we made that conscious decision we're going to do it now that's when things really changed so let's just um just want to highlight for a second that normally you would work for 40 years at a minimum and for for many people now it's going to be much longer because the government's pushing back the retirement ages and 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 obviously the pensions have gone down the pan so you could work 40 years and not be able to afford to retire And what you've done, even with that at first, that conscious effort is within 12 years, put yourself in a place where you can retire at the age of 39. And so I'm really excited to dive into that, George. So, yeah, why don't you why don't you tell us about where you actually started from? What what was your starting point for this? And um, yeah, and then we'll move on into to how you how you did it. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, there are many people out there born on housing, housing, you know, council estates, and I, I'm one of them. You know, I lived on a council estate in a three-bedroom house. Very, very modest upbringing, well, I'd say poor upbringing. Um, I remember, you know, parents couldn't even afford to let me go to um, Cubs, and Cubs is one of the cheapest routes you could go to, and they couldn't even afford to pay for me to go to that. So it yeah. showed me, you know, we weren't we weren't wealthy in any in any way, um, and um, but one thing um, one thing my dad was doing was paying off his he he so we live in a council house but he bought his house off the council, and then he he tried to pay it off as quickly as he could. So that was quite an interesting thing that I saw observed him do when I was in my in my childhood. The other thing that I saw them do was to kind of have have their own business to have a little side hustle. So they were in jobs. They weren't. They weren't in high earning jobs at all, but they both had, um, you know, a, a kind of a small business. So my mother had an ice cream van, and I remember riding around in her ice cream van, and I would wind up the because it had a wind up tune, and I would wind it up, and then and then press the button and play it as we came into the road, and then I'd be serving customers ice creams. I was only I was probably only about four or five at the time, probably four. I guess oh. I was in school. Um, so I remember doing that. So I remember they, you know, they had. I had an own business and my dad he did um he did um catering at people's houses just like dinner parties um where he'd cook Chinese food uh, and again you know that was just a little small business it wasn't it was in his addition to his main job so it gave me an idea that you know it was possible to do your to do your own thing you didn't just have to be employed uh, and then kind of fast fast forwarding um so you know I was a marketing assistant but I was in debt you know, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there in debt. I was in credit card debt. Um, and, you know, I just couldn't pay it off every month. It, I'd pay off the minimum payment and that was never enough to pay it off. Uh, and what most people don't know is that if you only pay off the minimum payment, you know, that debt could be with you for 15 years. 
Mm. Um, so you have to do more than that. Um, and, um, you know, even if you, if you were able to pay, pay twice a month instead of once a month, you can actually knock it down even quicker. So, you know, I started off in debt, so not a great start to working, working life. And I had that for quite a while. Uh, then I met my, met my wife to be, Sarah. Um, and, um, you know, we've done all our property investing together. Um, so, you know, our first real go into property then was our first home. And I think that's where most people end up starting. So, um, you know, we didn't have any money. And Sarah's parents gave us £5,000 to go towards our wedding. Mm. And we thought, are we going to spend £5,000 on a wedding or are we going to buy a house instead? So what we did was we we um we had a very cheap wedding. We only had like ten people there, and we just there was no massive party or anything like that. We just made it as cheap as possible, and mm. we spent a whole lot on on the home because we thought that's that's an investment for the future instead of one day that mm. we're just going to be looking at in photo albums. Um, so we wanted to do that. Wanted to invest in our future. So we found uh, found a house for ninety seven thousand five hundred. And it was a, um, it was a tiny, tiny, it was so small. It was this workman's cottage, you know, n- nice looking. It was all sort of stone, stone built. Um, and you'd come into the front room and there was enough room for one sofa and a TV and that was it. And the kitchen <laughs> was right behind you and the bathroom was right behind that. And you could get up the stairs almost in two leaps if you took big enough rides. And um, you had to be careful with the window because um, if you, if you, there was a bus stop right outside the window. So if you open the window in the morning, the people from the bus could look straight in at you. So you have to be careful. You make sure you're clothed. Otherwise, they'll all be like looking in. Oh, my God, they're naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it wasn't big enough to swing a cat. We did have a cat and it managed all right in there. But, um, so that, that was our first house. Absolutely tiny, but it was a great, you know, first start. And to think that, you know, that, that's only £5,000 and you can buy houses for half that price. So you don't even need five thousand pounds to you know to get your your, your first house because um, you can buy you know a house for uh, I bought one recently for um, forty thousand so um, you know you, you you know that it's doable it's doable but you don't need as much money as you think yeah um, although so, although you'd be unlikely I suppose to get an, uh, a ninety five percent mortgage if it wasn't yeah. a personal home and and even <laughs> now they they're not usually at ninety five percent. But I just want to just highlight that you spent the £5,000 on an investment rather yeah. than um, the experience because you were building up and you had made that conscious decision. And I think some of those um, moments where you make a decision are so important in the result that they create. And if we just talk about that one property there, George, mm. um, do you still own that one? No, no. So we sold it. Um, so we, we renovated it ourselves. Um, and uh, it was a very, you know, very light refurb, nothing, nothing major. And we sold it two years later um, and made 27,500. Wow. wow. That, was, yeah. that made us quite interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so and then we moved to our, our next home. So our next home um, was a couple, couple of miles away. It was a bigger house, not quite as attractive looking, but bigger, but bigger. And um, so we went from almost basically a one-bedroom house to a four-bedroom townhouse. Wow. But it was unattractive and in a cheaper area. So that yeah. then affects the price because, you know, if you're attractive in a really good area, the price goes up. So it was unattractive in a slightly less desirable area. So the price came down. So we've got a lot of space 
for, for the money. And the interesting thing was that we were looking for a house and um, we were looking in a particular town, but then accidentally Sarah saw her childhood home for sale four miles over. So this is where she grew up. Um, I think she left, I don't know when she was, um, during, during junior school, I think she left to move to, move, um, to a different area. And it was for sale. And we went there just out, purely out of interest. So it was an emotional peak. Yeah. We never thought we were going to buy it. And we went in there and it had the original kitchen that her dad had put in 30 years ago. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it had all the same wallpaper and everything. So this place had not been updated in like the yeah. last 30 years. Um, and she had all these memories of, oh, yeah, that's where my dad's train set was and all this kind yeah. of thing. You know, um, and we thought, wow, you know, it's a lot of house for your money. Um, it's in really bad condition. We could do a lot with this. Um, so we bought it. Um, and, you know, so that we bought, paid about 165000 for that yeah. one. Um, did a, you know, did a big refurb. But we did all the work ourselves again um, with help from Sarah's parents. Uh, and, um, you know, it's replaced kitchens, bathrooms, you know, ev- everything. Redecorated it, strip wallpaper, um, new carpets, the, the works. And, um, you know, it looked, looked really nice at the end of it. And we got it valued and we'd, we'd made um, £85,000 profit when we got it valued. And that was, only, that was only three years later that we got it valued. So, you know, that obviously got us really excited. And now we're starting to see, you know, the potential because that's, you think, wow, you know, 85000 a year, three years, divide that by three, how much money is this making per year and we're not you know I mean it was a reasonable amount of work to get it into shape but it wasn't three years of work so this then made us made us think right okay why don't we go and rent out some properties instead so this is the point where we decided pensions aren't going anywhere let's go invest in our future and um, remortgage so so we took out we remortgaged and got 68,000 pounds out so we only had something like 20, 25, 26,000 pounds of our own money in this property. Mm-hmm. And all the rest we'd created didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 68,000 wasn't, you know, wasn't even ours almost. Um, so with no money down, we then used that as deposits and bought four properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so we, you know, we researched the we researched a number of areas where and looked at you know looked at returns and then um, spoke with agents. Um, so these were in the days when right move didn't exist. You had to like get pieces of paper and do a lot of a lot of going around on foot. Um, and we were in full time jobs, so we only had weekends. So if you think, you know, people say oh, I don't have time and and so on to do it. It's like you've got the internet and you can do so much just from your home. And we had to go out there and you know walk walk the streets. And I'm looking forward to diving into that next phase with you. But just before then, um, George, I just wanted to say hi to Ornes, who's saying a major, <clears throat> amazing testimony. Thanks for sharing, George. And <laughs> also, we've heard from Jennifer, who says she's really enjoying this. Oh, thanks, um, she's also asking the question, when you say buying, buying, was it a mortgage you were taking out or were you buying in cash, George? Yeah, so uh, on, on our own homes, you know, we had mortgages and on the buy-to-lets, we had mortgages. So with the four buy-to-lets we bought, so we bought 
mortgage, you know, we had buy to let mortgages on all four properties. Um, and then we'd remortgage. So again, this is not our money and put the whole lot together. So you had 100% mortgaged properties there as our first investments. So that, yeah. that was, you know, no money down to get to buy them. Great. And it's great leverage. So what I love about this is you started off for £5,000, basically, which anyone could st- save up or mm. otherwise acquire. So you yeah. started off with your £5,000, you turned that into a property, you did the property up, you sold it on, you took all of that money to buy yourself another home, which you exactly. added significant value to. And then after three years, you were able to pull £68,000 from that property and then start this buy-to-let business in earnest and yeah. you bought four properties. And yeah. what I'm curious about, George, here is did you buy those properties in the location close to you or were you was it quite far away or how was that? Yeah, so it was about an hour from our home. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, far enough, uh, close close enough that we could drive there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't on our doorstep because we were living, we were basically living in Surrey and mm-hmm. Surrey is quite an expensive area, uh, not the best place for doing vitalettes for your returns. Yeah. So, um, we had to look for, you know, slightly further out. Um, and do you want to say where or? Sorry? Do you want to say where or would we, would you have to kill oh, no, us? That's fine. Cause I bought these years ago, you know, it's fine. Um, so the, those were in Folkestone. So we were living in, um, we lived in Limpsfield for our first house, uh, Westerham for the second house, which is in Kent. Um, we moved to Surrey on the next one. I'll tell you about that one. That's quite exciting. <laughs> but anyway, so we bought these four properties down in Folkestone. And you should always do your own numbers, do your own due diligence, because, you know, whatever town might, might work well in one year will not necessarily work well in another year. So always do your own numbers. Never never go from, from the past. Um, so these these four four properties, so remember, I haven't, I haven't used any of my own money. Are worth four hundred and fifty thousand um, pounds, and today they're worth eight hundred and twenty-three thousand. Wow! So imagine I've got four properties, didn't use any of my own money, mm-hmm. bought them, and now they're like almost double. And um, is that that's eight years later then? Because that you, did you buy those four eight years ago? Um, so that uh, no, that was quite a long time ago. So that's probably like. 16 years ago something like that so the other thing to be aware of is that property doubles in value every seven to nine years on average and that different areas will appreciate at different amounts Mm. so um that's always worth being you know being aware of you can use the 10-year rule as an as an average for doubling but it will vary by location and you never know until it happens really you know you Mm. can look at past trends but you won't know for certain so you know there are some parts of the country in negative equity still Yes, um, yes. So right. that goes to show it doesn't, the rule doesn't work everywhere, you know, check your areas. Um, but anyway, so we had these four. Mm-hmm. We work at full time. Um, the only time we've got free is the weekends. And, you know, we were still in the DIY mode at that point. So it's uh, like, okay, so every single weekend we went down to paint, to strip wallpaper, to rip kitchens out, fit new kitchens, tiling, you know, we're doing it through the night. Um, I remember, and this is like doing it every single weekend. And, you know, I remember sleeping on my own on a, a, a concrete floor. So basically it was a down, downstairs and I was on, a, on one of these blow up mattresses. And um, what I didn't realize at the time was it would suck all the heat out of the, the mattress because, it, because it's on a, there's no insulation. 
and I was absolutely freezing. I was fully clothed, freezing to death. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it upstairs because I painted the rooms upstairs, so I didn't want all the smell. So um, that was that was a learning for me. <laughs> um, and uh, it was a bit depressing to be honest because I was I was just I was down there on my own, you know, in the dark. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so that, those were some tough times. But I learned from that. <laughs> don't do it yourself <laughs> yeah. it's faster <laughs> it's yeah faster and it'll save you time it will save you a lot of time um because you know one of the mistakes we made is because and um, we don't make this again is you know we bought four properties at the same time so you've got four refurbs at the same time and we were only doing one at a time so that means you know you're paying the gas the electricity mortgage everything else um you have to pay all those bills because you've got no rent coming in mm. so it took us a long time to get them out and it's such a big hit to your finances you know we had day jobs so they were having to fund what was going on in property because we bought them too many at once mm. so what we do now is we only buy one at a time so that was a massive learning for us do one at a time don't go and buy a whole collection of them um because the question is can you afford the hit until it's filled you know, don't assume something will be filled immediately. Don't assume you'll get a high occupancy or whatever. Don't assume your tenants won't leave um, because these things these things happen. So it's best to, you know, s- spread it out and also to spread your money out. So mm. is don't go for – a lot of people want to go for one big deal. I get this so many times, people that I, I meet up with. They go, I've seen this amazing deal. I'm going to do this massive version, 22 flats and whatever. I'm going, whoa, so what happens, you know, if, if this all goes wrong? That's it. It's the, you know, uh, my, one of my friends, Jonathan, he's a multimillionaire, he told me once, don't do the deal that kills you. And that could be the deal that does it. You know, are you willing to risk your entire livelihood for that one deal? So much better just take your money, break it up into lots of tiny little bits. Um, and then, you know, if something is empty, vacant, whatever, in need of refurb, then it doesn't hurt you as much as if that's your 100% source of income. Great advice. And Kelly Campbell is agreeing with me. She's commented here. Very <laughs> useful information. Thank you so much. And Thanks, I Kelly. call out uh, the George and Sarah Choi podcast because I recently listened to your interview with Jonathan Berliand and it, it really is a must listen. He's a, a phenomenal guy and um, it, he was brilliant on your podcast. A lot of a lot of great value. And uh, Ones is just saying, yeah, the struggle was real, but it paid off for you. and. Okay. It did, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So you, you, I suppose we should say buy the properties one at a time. If you're only if you're going to refurbish them one at a time, um, which it totally makes sense. And so there you are now. You've got your four. Yeah. Uh, eventually, how long did it take to get them all up together when you're DIYing? Yeah. So I think it was maybe it must have been somewhere between three and six months. Wow! You finish them, you then got to get them let out. Yeah, never. You know, you don't let them out day one. You know, viewings take time. Uh, Mm -hmm. They have to prepare their materials and so on. Mm -hmm. So I think it. I think it was phased. You know, during that time, three to six months. So it was quite a long time to have to fund them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it has paid off now, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to pace them at the time. Yeah, realised. We thought we had paced one of them. Um, that we, you know, we, we, it was like a month later when we bought the, when we went to buy the fourth one. But these things all tend to like, you know, happen at once uh, for yeah. whatever reason. They all happen at the same time. So uh, it just didn't work out. But next time I'll just do, well, now we just do one at a time. So yeah. it's less stressful. <laughs> 
So you've got these four now, and tell us about the space between there and when you retired at the age of thirty-nine. Yeah. So, um, so we, we we moved. So almost immediately after we um, we remortgaged to buy the four properties, we then found another house and bought it. So um, this was um, a really cute little cottage. It was a bungalow. And it used to be used as a as a tractor shed. So the, the old farmer would take his tractor in there and he would like change the D's and all that kind of thing. And really, you know, really low, low ceilings. So you have to, <laughs> have to watch out. I have some friends that were there just like give themselves a, you know, concussion walking in. Um, and uh, it had like stone walls on the outside. Um, so, and, you know, it was in a, an amazing location. So it's in Surrey, a place called Oxford in Surrey. And um, it was a five minute walk from the town but it was up a really long track by a church where nobody knew it was and when you were there it was so peaceful and tranquil you didn't know um that you you were so close to the town five minutes to the town five minutes to the train station getting to london really fast um so it was an amazing location so that's what we saw in it we saw the location we saw that it was a bungalow there was only two bedrooms and we saw the potential so inside it was an absolute state it had sticky floors so you'd go in Maybe be like stick, 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 stick as you're walking around. It's just like ooh, <laughs> um, ev- absolutely everything in there need, needed ripping out. Everything. Um, so it was an. It, I'd say it was in worse. It was in worse condition than the, than the middle house that we bought. Um, and um, so we did the whole place up. You know, it's got oak, oak flooring, um, oak doors, and all that kind of thing. Um, and um, we put in two two bedrooms um, upstairs to make it into a four bedroom house. And we had this really nice kind of sweeping um there was a staircase and sort of i can't explain it sort of the, the way the way the stairs were were covered up sort of swept across the lounge um on the back wall it was it was done in a really nice way the people that converted it did a really good job of that um so it had bags of character really good location absolutely loved it we also converted the um there was an, a wash wash an outhouse um which was a wash building so it was one of those where when we went in, there was a fireplace and a metal drum where you could wash your clothing and a mangle to squeeze all your clothes out. Um, so we um, and it had quite a tall, tall roof. Um, yeah. So we we you know made it completely weathertight uh, and we used it as an office for for one period and, and as a gym for another period. And it had bags of light coming in. It was a really good good space. So it was you know by the time we finished, it was really nice. And as far as we were concerned, this is it. This is our forever home. We're never going to move again. Because um, we've got ground floor living, so even when we're you know old and doddery, um, we won't we won't have a problem there. Um, so that was kind of the plan. So we, we bought that for three hundred and twenty thousand. Um, so um, and in the meantime, we sort of bought a couple more properties. So we stayed there for quite a while, um, and we just carried on investing. But still, we didn't have that plan to retire young. That wasn't the plan. It was just okay or you know we've got a bit of money let's just go and you know get another one it was just kind of that that so there wasn't there wasn't that goal to do to do it um and Sarah wanted to spend more time at home so she um she got a job at an estate and letting agents so she got in lots of experience how to manage properties you know, mm-hmm. how to do it yourself um so then we bought some of them a bit closer um to where we lived and she managed them herself mm-hmm. um so that was that was the kind of plan there um but we had, you know, a real another another kind of moment moment of of crisis 
um, if you like, another, a, a crossroads. So, um, you know, I was in a really, really high stress job, lots of long hours, lots of traveling, traveling at weekends. So flying at weekends. Yeah. So you know, Sunday, Sundays when you go to the airport, you know, so you get, you have Saturday and that's your, that's your weekend. But Saturday for me tended to be falling asleep at two in the afternoon because I was so exhausted from, yeah. from a week. So I'm sure there are other people out there that, that are in jobs like that. Where you just work, 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 and you just don't have any time at all. Um, and you know that that sent me into a you know real depression. Um, I you know I I felt almost suicidal at one point. I felt so depressed. Um, it you know it felt that life wasn't worth living it um, for whatever reason. Despite you know it, you can say oh you know you you're doing great or whatever, but you know things hit you in different ways. But it just seemed. There was no point to life. All this just work, work, work. Uh, there was no living, um, and somehow Sarah snapped me out of it. I don't know how how on earth she did it. And um, you know, we we decided, okay, so we need to, you know, reevaluate our life. Mm. We need to make a difference. What what are we going to do? What are we going to change? How are we going to change? Yeah. Um, and you know, I think I think that's you know. A crisis that many people go through for different, you know, all sorts of different reasons in their life, not 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 necessarily for property, but for for whatever is happening in their life will make them change. When you hit that lowest low, that's when you know that's when the game changes. Um, <laughs> if I could yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, so so um, we thought, okay, so by this time we'd we'd amassed um, 1.4 million pounds worth of property. So we we scaled up a reasonable amount and um you know we looked at ourselves and said how come we've got all this property and we're not actually financially free you know so what's going on and uh i did a i did a survey uh which i published a lot in 2019 and one of the questions i asked i said for those that have property so these are existing property investors how many of you are financially free so financially free, this is where you don't actually need to work at all. You can just sit on a beach for a year and nothing's going to collapse. You've got no problems whatsoever. You can just do that. And have, have, have a guess, Stephanie, what percentage were financially free? These are existing property investors that got property. Um, I know, well, there's a few things I know. I know from research that most landlords only have one or two properties, but I'm guessing you're not talking about those sort of people. Yeah, um, include those as well. Include those as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so most landlords, I, I, the figure for people who've only got one or two properties is really high. I can't remember the number, but it was over 75%. So most mm. landlords have only got one or two. And then the, all the people that we know in the property networks have a lot more than that. So I'm just going to guess and say, Let's say it's a 50-50 split between people who are financially free and people who aren't. Okay, prepare yourself. 4%. Really? 4% are free. It's shocking, isn't it? Mm. So that made me realise that, you know, there's something missing. Mm. There's an element missing and I didn't know what it was. Mm. Um, and uh, I read um, Tim Ferriss's um, four-hour work week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after reading that, I thought to myself, if I had a gun to my head right now and I said, you need to retire in the next six months or you're going to die because I felt like my job was killing me. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And that was it. When I thought like that, it was like, right, I'm going to make it happen. 
mm-hmm. done it out, mm-hmm. but now I had the desire to make it happen. So now mm-hmm. it wasn't just buying property. It was what, what, what is it? So just property in its own does not make you financially free. And that's what people don't realize. So mm-hmm. I only wanted to find out what the, what these ingredients um, that will get you there, that will get you over the line. Because, you know, 1.4 million in property, surely that's enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I know, you could do it on half that quite mm-hmm. easily. easily. Um, and, uh, you know, a great quote from Tony Robbins is, success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. And what he means by that is find someone who's achieved your goal and then see how they did it. You know, and this could be as simple as getting an autobiography of somebody. Yeah. Just learning, you know, how does their head work? How do they think? How do they spend their time? How do they spend their money? What do they do? How how have they achieved whatever it is that you want to achieve? Mm-hmm. So then both of us, my wife and I, just started kicking off a whole load of research. And we stopped looking at property investors and started looking at who's become financially free and how did they do it? So we didn't care how they did it. They didn't, we didn't care what the investments were. It was interesting, you know, let's, so we, we'd take note if we saw some investments, but that wasn't the thing because we knew we already had all this property, but that wasn't enough. So what was it? Um, so it became our total obsession. Um, and, you know, one, one key thing you can do, and we, we wrote about this in our, in, our, in our first book, Retire Now, is uh, what we called expense optimization. And... It's a huge chapter in, in, in Retire Now, and there's some free downloads that you can fill in. Uh, and basically, it's how can you look at your personal expenses and either decide to either, you know, keep, substitute, um, or get it, get it cheaper in some other way, um, and then just ram down your expenses, really just push them right down. Because the way to get financially free is to increase the gap between um, your income and your outgoings. You know, the bigger you can make that gap, the better. So if you can't get your income up quickly enough, but you can get your outgoings down fast enough, then you can often bridge that gap much quicker to, fi- to financial freedom. And to give you an example, then what happened was, so we've done a number of other things, but when we, when we went through this exercise and we did it in some detail, within a matter of a couple of days, we targeted £12,000 of savings. And that's a couple of days, couple of days work. That was it. Twelve thousand pounds. And um, oh, thank you, Stephanie. Um, and uh, you know, is that is that unusual? Um, well, um, you know, one of my friends, um, Aaron Hampton, uh, he told me that within the first few pages of my book, he made six hundred pounds. Um, and somebody else we know called um, uh, Melanie spent half a day looking looking at this, and she made fourteen thousand six hundred. So, um, you know, with, with the help of this. Um, so, you know, and this is only a couple of days work, you know, so why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? So I'd urge you all to, to go and do that. Um, take down the expenses, look at what you can, what you can change. This doesn't mean living like a monk, you know. Um, when we were doing this, you know, we had a, a, a Land Rover Discovery parked on the drive, brand new. Um, so and we're living in this house that's worth, you know, quite a lot of money. So this isn't living like a monk, but it's being very... Um, very logical and looking for value um, and taking out what's unnecessary in your life. Some some things, you know, do not actually provide that much happiness to your life. So it's taking those things out. You know, who cares how much your gas, who, who cares where your gas bill is? Who cares, you know, where your mobile provider, phone, phone provider is with? You know, so for example, we, we took our, um, our mobile phones 
And um, they went from something like £50 a month to £25 a month, plus more data than we had before, more phone calls than we had before, more texts than we had before. It's like, it's crazy. You know, that's the problem we often get sucked in at. We, we become complacent as to you know, the suppliers that we use. Um, and we don't realise that they're just increasing their prices all the time. Um, just changing your supermarket halved our shopping bill. Mm. Something as simple as that. Um, so you can, you can make massive savings, you know, in, in a short period of time. Great. I want to urge people, if they haven't been through this process, to do pick up the book, pick up uh, George's book, Retire Now, and you can get it at Amazon, but you can also go to George's website, mycastleproperty.co.uk, and you'll be able to go through that process for yourself, because I know that, James, now we're going to move on to what to do with that money that you save through changing your mobile, changing your gas, that's going to accelerate um the the speed at which you're able to retire if you want to yes yes um we wouldn't <laughs> um so anyway when, when so when we went through that that particular exercise uh and we worked it out twelve thousand pounds it's like well we can retire today yeah. and I, I still remember that day sarah said why are we still working and we're looking at ourselves thinking i don't know what are we doing we don't need to Let's, let's just, we could quit now. <laughs> so that's kind of how the name Retire Now came, came up. It's like we could retire now. Um, and uh, so it was a real shock. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that's how it started. So, so Sarah was 39 at that point. Um, and, um, you know, we kept it pretty quiet from our neighbours and all our friends. We didn't initially. We didn't tell anyone initially. Um, and... Um, there's a quote from Tony Robbins. It says something like, it's in the mom- moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. Yeah. And, you know, I think there have been a couple of key decisions that we've made during our life that have brought us to here. One was, you know, as you, as, as you mentioned, like using the wedding money not to get married. Well, we'd still got married, but to use it on the house, deciding to remortgage and buy these four properties in the first place, which we still own. And as Warren Buffett says, you know, my favourite holding period is forever. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing to know. Um, yeah. And then this this final key decision for us, which is, right, we are going to become financially free. So that was a plan. We're going to take action. It was no, no more, okay, we'll buy a couple of properties whenever we feel like it. It was, mm. no, we're going to retire six months. Let's go for it. Um, and, mm. you know, I think a lot of people out there don't realise how quickly they could retire. Yeah, a long time because we had to learn a lot and you know we put it all in our books because we want other people to do it um but for a number of people they could do it in a year or less yes yes well you actually ended up doing it in a year or less if we come on to that in a moment so yeah. kelly has said totally relatable and oh, yeah <laughs> we'll be purchasing the book thank you um so also let's go back to our, our, our home while we're there. So um, um, you're probably wondering, you know, how much did we did we get it revalued at? Um, yes. So you know, we bought it for three twenty. So we've done you know total refurb, loft conversion, outbuilding. So um, after after that, so we sold it for six hundred eighty five thousand. Wow! And we made three hundred eighteen thousand profit on that. Fantastic. So not bad. Yeah. Not yeah. 
Um, Ornez is just saying that he's going to buy the book as oh. well. Thanks, Ornez. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after that, we 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 had all this time time on our hands. You know, um, what do you what do you do now? Um, we thought, okay, well, you know, we want to buy some more property. Let's um, let's go out and let's go out and meet some people. So um, we had been to property networking meetings in the past, but nothing that serious. Um, so we started going to a few more property networking meetings, um, and just just seeing what was what was going on and, and chatting with people. And you know, people started to and doing training courses, and um, people started to learn our position, what what we'd achieved. And becoming very interested and I just got the same questions over and over again you know how did you do it which properties did you buy you know all that kind of thing what you know what what, what was the kind of game changer what what mm. made the difference um to, you know I want to retire I want to quit my job how, how am I actually going to do it um and that's that's why we wrote the book in the end we thought okay well let's let's just start pour all that knowledge and write it as a, a book a book to ourselves to me and Sarah yes before we started so, yeah. okay, George and Sarah, you're about to start on this property, amazing property journey. What yeah. would you want to know? So yeah. I put down everything in there, like, you know, company structures and, um, you know, also reducing your expenses, changing your mindset, uh, all that kind of thing. Um, everything that, you know, exactly how to buy a buy-to-let property, exactly how to buy a commercial property, uh, you know, the, the, the steps with none of the fluff in it. It's just like, this is how you do it. Um, so <laughs> what's available and do you know what it's been creating so much excitement uh john is saying brilliant thank you so much <laughs> nesta is saying that she's going to be buying the book oh, as well. thank you thank and yeah is saying excellent i'm learning a lot good job stephanie you always have quality guests yeah and <laughs> yeah is going to buy the book as well i mean i would advise anyone to buy the book because where else can you get the step-by-step with the detail like that all of the things that took you and sarah many many years uh, to learn you are now all in that book that can help uh, people to retire or for many people as you said to retire mm-hmm. within the year um so it's been it's been phenomenal finding out about about your journey i'm just gazing across what advice would you give to beginners we've had a lot of comments from people who are thinking uh, that they might get onto this what advice w- would you give them george okay um i mean i think i think one thing is and you know they they should write this down which is to become rich you must value saving over spending and I think that's really important. To become rich, you must value saving over spending because, you know, we're all very much in a consumer spending mindset. Um, and I was a total shopaholic. So I was really spending a lot of money. Um, and um, it's one of the things I tackled in the second book, Stealth Millionaire, um, was was why we are programmed to, to, to do this, to go out there and spend all that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you can, because it's very, it's very easy for me to say, save 10% a month. But the question is, can you do it? Um, and, you know, there are, there are certain psychological mindset reasons which are blocking you from being able to save the money to start investing in property in the first place. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the reason for work. So you must value saving more than spending. Otherwise, you will never be able to become wealthy. It's just never going to happen because, if you know, you can take somebody on £100,000 a year spending all their money and you can get someone earning £25,000 a year who manages to save 
I think it's 300, if you, I think if I remember rightly, if you save 300 pounds a month, put it in the stock market from the age of 19, stop paying him, I think at age of 26, you'll be a millionaire by the time you retire. Mm. And, you know, 300 pounds a month is nothing, isn't it? So (laughs) it's all about saving and knowing that the the value of saving that money, that every pound you thinking about spending should be an investment. And I'll give you a great, give you a great example. So, uh, there were four of us walking into a, a meeting room after a conference um, late tonight. We're all staying in the same hotel. It's a very, very nice hotel um, out in Italy. And um, three of us are millionaires and one of them isn't. And we're all going into the room. Three, The three millionaires are going in to get the empty bottles that were sitting on our desk when we were in the conference. So, we're, you know, we're all, we're all in training and we all had a bottle of water on the desk. So we all went back after dinner to go and pick up the bottles, which we know are going to get thrown away. They're half empty. Um, and we can take them back to our room because in our room, they're 10 euros a bottle. I just mm. thought, why, why do you want to spend that? I don't want to spend 10 euros. I hate, it's one of the things pet hates is buying water at hotels. Um, so we're all taking it back. And the other guy uh, is not taking the water. And he says, so if you're all millionaires, why are you taking the bottles of water? And I said, because we're millionaires. Mm. So if you don't value every pound you spend, you're never going to make it. Yes, I think that's phenomenal value that you're sharing. And the other thing is, um, you need to value saving over overspending, as you've said, George. I love that that phrase. Um, and then I know that you then go on to talk about how to invest that money that you save, how to make it grow more than it is. And one of the interesting things that I have heard, I'm sure you've heard it as well, is that money flows. Yeah. And even for people in, in our society, 25,000 uh, pounds a year is considered a, a lowish salary, a low salary, it's considered a low salary. But even someone on a low salary in, over a 10 year period has on that low salary has 250,000 pounds come through their hands. Right. So yeah. How much of that money mm-hmm. do you keep and how much of that money do you grow? And yeah. this is what you are teaching within Absolutely. your books. So I know that, that there has been incredible excitement about that. And um, <laughs> so many people, we've had a few more people actually join us to comment. Joe has says, awesome. Thank you for sharing your story with us, George. And Joe's going to check out your book. And you, Amanat is saying, I'm enjoying this as well. And um, I'm going to be enjoying buying a book so George I think it's sort of become evident as you've been talking just the way that you come over that you're very happy in your life Um, (laughs) but what has been the best thing about taking this journey in property for for you and and your family yeah I mean I I wish we decided to do it earlier Mm. because you know I I wrote I wrote this in the book Um, if I'd have if I'd have known how to do it we would have retired in our 20s twenties mm. you know why why wait so long because um you know for for us the most important thing is time freedom time mm. freedom you know um there's um you know there's a quote from Warren buffett which is the the rich invest in time, the poor invest in money right so think about that because you know you only have so much time, how much time do you have left on on this earth you know um are you going to live? Are you going to live your true life? Are you going to live what you were there to do? Um, are you going to spend time with your loved ones, um, or are you going to be, you know, constantly hunting down just money on its own 
um, and living a life of misery and sitting on your deathbed wondering what on earth you did with your entire life and mm. it was a total waste of time. So mm. for us, it's all about time, enjoying ourselves, growing, developing. Um, those are the things that are, are most important to us. Um, we do stuff like, um, you know, obviously this, these are exceptional times right now where everybody's at home. Mm, but mm. in a normal, a normal pre-lockdown, so pre-lockdown when everyone's at work, our typical day would go along the lines of getting up at five, doing a few things, um, ex- exercising. Um, we've got a garage in our gym, in our, uh, sorry, gym in our garage. Um, then our kids would get up, spend a bit of time with our kids, take them to school. So, you know, can you take your kids to school yourself? Um, and then we'd either um, usually work on some kind of personal development in order to grow ourselves, whether that is through business or, um, you know, business, property, um, health, fitness, whatever, you know, relationships, um, you know, whatever, whatever we want to do to become a, be- a better human being, really. Uh, so we'd either focus our time on that or we'd go out for the day. So Sarah and I, we'd go we like going to the spa so we spend like go to the spa for the day and get a massage and all that kind of thing um or um uh you know we'd um go to the cinema so in those days it was like it was like well it's like a private cinema if you go to the cinema at 10 o'clock in the morning there is nobody there it's just us we can sit right in the middle great private cinema um so we do stuff like that all the time and um i remember once um i i was i was i was I was, I was in one room and then I heard my daughter, who's, who's 10, she went, no! I thought, what is that? What's going on? And I went to see her and she went, you went to Legoland on your own. <laughs> 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 she's, she's seen a post on Facebook. I was going, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> what thing I would get up to <laughs> I love that story but it just intrigued me what are you doing for investing now are you still actively investing or tell okay. us about that side yep yep so uh I'm in um something like four million pounds worth of development so involved in a number of developments at the moment um I don't do the work because that's 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 the way that we structure our business is we don't work. We don't want to do the work. So everything we do is outsourced, and that's because that's the only way you can get your time. So if you want, you know, if you want your time, then you have to outsource everything. Um, so we don't do the development work. Other people do that, so we don't need to get involved in it. Um, and you know, we have we have our existing portfolio. We've uh, we bought one during lockdown. Um, we're we're just waiting at the moment. Um, so that's kind of where we are at the moment. We're just in a little a pause, but we're ready to, we have the funds ready to go. Um, so we have a, a nice pot that's ready to get investing when the time is right. We've got a couple of different things that we're looking at, but we're just evaluating what we want to do on that. What what type of properties or, yeah, what type of properties are you looking at buying or is it a different type of investment that you're looking at? Um, yeah, we're looking at, Possibly, possibly a, a residential, um, and um, I mean, all, all the properties we're looking at are in the are in the residential sector. Mm. Um, not looking really to do another development at the moment, um, and we just we've got a number of different options. We just want to wait and see and decide when the time's right. I mean, nobody really knows, you know, what is going to happen in the current environment. You know, are the house prices going to plummet? If so, when are they going to plummet? And the answer is nobody knows. 
Mm. You know, if anyone tells you they know exactly, then, you know, <laughs> beware. <laughs> um, because, you know, um, none of us have a crystal ball. And you know, one possibility, so this is only my thought, one possibility is that as these furloughs, um, you know, as, the, as the, the employers aren't getting the full furlough money, starting from really from September, as from August there's a bit of a hit, September there's more of a hit, you know, every single day you see another company go under or shedding like 30,000 jobs. Um, you know, unemployment is just going to keep going up. And so my thoughts are that probably somewhere around, you know, between September and December, um, there's going to be huge unemployment, which means a lot of people um, are not going to be able to pay their mortgages. Mm -hmm. So I'm anticipating, but we'll have to wait and see that the property market might go down at that point. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's very buoyant. So if you're selling right now, it's a great time to sell. And you should sell it now. If that's what you were planning to do, get on with it. Get it, get it done quick. Um, but, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. So, you know, is it was it the right decision? We'll find out. You know, you can rewind this and watch it back, in, you know, in December. And you can go, George is right or wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay, George. I think it makes sense. It's, it's logical. Uh, but I wanted to ask you what we talk about in Property Game Changers is, property can really change your life phenomenally um many of people get to retirement age without having that background you know enough to support themselves even though they've been on really uh, great salaries that all their lives uh, and you've given here a strategy for doing that but also i know that you've been changing the game for others as well in in your community can you tell us a bit about the uh, the charitable works that you do through yeah i mean um you know well i I want to, you know, reach as many people as possible with the books um, because because time time is precious to us, and we mm. we really try and keep a handle on that. Um, we will only we only do things where we really want to do them. So what we don't want to do is create a full time job at any point. Um, so books is one way, and the podcast is a, you know is another way where we can you know reach as many people as possible. Um, on the houses, we have um, some rent to buy properties. So uh, this is where you know perhaps somebody. Can't, can't hasn't got a deposit they haven't managed to save up the amount of money to buy it or perhaps from a, a credit credit worthiness point of view they wouldn't they wouldn't pass the credit test a credit check test um for whatever reason um you know maybe maybe perhaps they defaulted on a mobile phone bill three years ago uh, for, for 10 pounds and it hasn't cleared uh even though they paid it and they've been you know or, or whatever the reason um so there are plenty of people where they find it difficult to get onto the property ladder, but they really do want to get onto the property ladder. So some of my portfolio is in rent to buys where, you know, each month, some of the money they pay goes towards a deposit for them to buy the house. So they will buy the house off me. Um, now, obviously, if you do loads of those, then you have, then you're going to have to buy even more property to top them back up again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my plan is, is to always um, have a portfolio that is increasing so I don't want to just turn my entire portfolio into rent to buy and have nothing left because I wouldn't want to be sitting here like yeah. 20 years from now going, wait a minute, I've got no money now. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's one way of, of helping out the community, helping people that could never afford to get the house um, yeah. and own it themselves and helping them to get that first stage on the property ladder. So and, that's, that's, what we're doing. That, that's great. Um, um, and we, we've had some other comments are you available on kindle or your book uh is that one on kindle it's on it's on audible 
Uh, don't think it's on Kindle. No, it's not on Kindle. It's just print, print and um, Audible. Check out Audible. And John is saying, is this being recorded as I have friends who could really benefit from watching? John, it is being recorded and it will be on our Property Game Changers Facebook page. And if you just Google Property Game Changers, it will take you to the Facebook page and we will also have it on YouTube. It's going to be in many places, but our hub at the moment is our Property Game Changers Facebook page. And I'll put the link below. Um, so as you have seen, oh, and just to let everybody watching or listening know that George has a website where you can contact George and, and find out all about his books and loads of free, amazing free content on there as well for you. And it's mycastleproperty.co.uk. That's mycastleproperty.co.uk. .co.uk, uh, Castle, C-A-S-T-L-E. Sometimes it's hard to hear when you're listening. So mycastleproperty.co.uk. And I know that George um, would be delighted to hear from you. Uh, George, thank you so much for joining us today. You are a property game changer. It's been thrilling to talk to you. As you've seen from the comments, it's been really uh, created a lot of excitement and interest. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Uh, and thank you for watching and listening as always. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Please do leave a comment or any questions that you have for George and uh, he can answer them for you. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. But for now, it's goodbye from George. Bye, Stephanie. Bye, everyone. And goodbye from me. Bye. See you soon. Bye for now. <laughs>